Welcome to Rose Interview, a podcast where we become slop kebabs and talk about our favorite TV shows. We also, while inebriated, will talk about the representation it brings to TV, or lack thereof. So pour a drink, light a nice candle, set the mood, and let's get real sloppy and talk about TV. After this quick word from our sponsor. Welcome to this week's episode of Rosé and Review. I am Chuck, and I am joined by one of my best friends, Danny Portner, and she is is doing a third podcast with us. We have multiples scheduled. She has a couple more coming up, but uh, yeah, introduce yourself. Tell us who you are. Tell us what's happening in your life. Let's go. <laughs> well, it's a pandemic, so not a lot is happening in my life at the moment, but I live in uh, Andover, Massachusetts, yeah. which is like a little bit north of Boston. And um, I know Mitchell from college. We went to NYU together. Yes, ma'am. And we've all stayed friends. We've got a big group of friends that mm-hmm. is all goes on trips together a couple times a year and such. And I teach at a music school. I teach mm-hmm. drum lessons and teach like kid rock bands and stuff. <sighs> and yeah, lucky to be doing that in a pandemic right now where yeah. music lessons aren't exactly everyone's top priority, but <laughs> right. Yeah. So, and Same. watching lots of TV and during this pandemic right now so in my much free TV. Time. So much TV, not as much as Mitchell, but okay. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> part you can get the, gets through a whole show like in two days, a whole like series in two days. Which it's is so funny. funny. So before we talk about today's episode, I so I am. This is we're recording this before I'm recording my season three premiere episode, which is a recap of 2020 shows. And I spent four days like researching all the shows that happened this year, that ended, that whatever. And I created a list of shows based on people's recommendations of like, so I, I read a lot of articles. It was like, oh, my top 10 shows that got me through 2020. So I made this whole spreadsheet. There's like 40 shows that I had never heard of or watched. And I was like, okay, I've watched five of those shows in the past week from this list. Like oh I, I need to get a life because what the <laughs> fuck am I doing watching so much TV? Honestly, it's like your job now. So I, I'm jealous. <laughs> I love I... it. I love TV. I'm here for it. But then there, it's funny because it's like some aspects I'm like miles ahead of the curve. And then in other aspects, I'm like, I don't want to watch that show. <laughs> like this is us. <laughs> Refuse. Oh, I yes. stopped watching that show after like uh, a season. Yes, after uh, season one, I was like, yeah. the fuck, we're going to continue this garbage? Get the fuck out yeah. of here. But it was so good the first season. And then I was like, I don't know. Like, oh, we're still going to fat shame? Great. Okay, yeah. Well. Anywho, today's episode <laughs> <laughs> is about the Umbrella Academy on Netflix, Yay! which I love this show <laughs> so much. It is, it's so funny because I, I watched, this show came out right after my 30th birthday so a couple years ago Mm. and I remember I went to Mexico for my 30th birthday and I was like waiting so I landed and then our you know my friend Alex Castro she Mm -hmm. landed like let's say five hours later so I was like okay I'm like I'm not gonna go walk around right now when I'm like exhausted I just got off a flight like let me like relax and just like you know watch some tv so I watched like four episodes of the Umbrella Academy in Mexico waiting for Alex to come so we can like go out and get dinner or something and Mandy was watching at the same time and I was texting her was like bitch this show is phenomenal what the fuck 
Yeah. So I've loved the show since the minute it came out. But what 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 made you watch the show? So it's funny because it's like the same people involved in your story kind of so if, on the way to the Poconos when me you and Mandy and Nick were like driving in a car together and best you, car best car you were like late because you were literally binging Umbrella Academy like we were like we'll meet at this time and you were uh-huh. like texting us and you're like I'm late because I stayed up all night watching season two of Umbrella Academy and we were like okay and which was like fine we weren't like in a rush to get there or anything but like but then and then like you and Mandy and Nick were all talking about it in the car and I was like okay clearly I need to like watch this show and then we went to the the Poconos and we like had this it was like our whole group of friends and like had this lovely trip and then we came back and I actually was I spent the night at Mandy's house just to like give myself a break from driving basically so I wasn't like driving from Pennsylvania so I spent the night in Brooklyn at Mandy's and Mandy was like, let's watch Umbrella Academy. And so we like watched it with Nick. I think we watched the first couple episodes with Nick. Yeah. And we watched it a little bit. And then Mandy the next day had like a baby shower or like a yes. bridal shower to go to. Yes. And I didn't really have anything to do. And this is all during the pandemic. So it's not yeah. like I can really like go wandering around New York or anything. Right. So I literally just stayed in Mandy's apartment and like binged the entire first season of Umbrella Academy, yeah. like <laughs> hardcore. And I was like so hooked. And then Mandy came back and was like, you're still here watching the same show. Like you've not moved. And I was like, nope. I did like move to go get lunch, but that was like it. <laughs> so, That's so yeah, so I like binged it. And then I came home like, like I like went home that Sunday or whatever and like watched all of season two. So I like literally watched this in a weekend. It was like very impressive. So, I love yeah. that. I, lo- I mean, this show, it's funny because <laughs> I think this show, and, and I think I told you this too. I think when we were talking about the show and you were like, what show is this? And I was like, okay, let me just full disclosure. The first season is, is you have to finish it because if you don't finish the, like, if you, if you only watch a couple episodes of the first season, you're going to be like, eh. yes, but it I've starts... noticed when I've told people about it, they'll be like, I watched the first couple episodes and I'm like, no, you have to keep going. Yeah. It kicks in at the end. And then you're like, what the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. Which is, is just so very telling of the show. So what were some kind of major things that stuck out to you from this last season? So for those listening, Umbrella Academy is on season two. Um, season three, I think, comes out next year, but season two just happened this past, like, August. Yeah. Well, what I will say is, so even some people have said that they've struggled to get through the first couple of episodes of the show. I had, like, I I feel like you know this because I sometimes I'll text you and be like, yeah. I'm on season, I'm on episode three of this show and, like, I'm really struggling and you're like, just get through it. Like, yep. get, you'll get, you'll get better because I'm, like, I'm so ready to be done with a show after, like, yeah. in general, like, after, like, two episodes, if I'm, like, not hooked, I'm, like, get me the fuck out. I don't yep. want, but, and so, like, to get my attention in the first episode is very hard. Umbrella Academy, I will say, like, that first five minutes right is like some of the most intriguing tv i've ever seen like Mm -hmm. it's a fucked up five Mm -hmm. minutes and you're just like and mandy and nick were like there to witness me watching and they were both just like staring at me like waiting for my reaction and i was just like what the fuck because it's all these random births and you're like well and the first one is like it's like it starts out so cute like this girl and boy are like flirting in a pool and then the girl like dives into the pool and then all of a sudden there's like blood everywhere and then all of a sudden she like has a fucking baby and she wasn't pregnant a second ago and you're like what like it's just like I was like what am I watching like I was so confused yeah like intrigued it was just so the first like couple minutes of that of this show are like really fascinating so I was like pretty much hooked from the beginning which is very unlike me because normally I'm not but then I think in season one, like there's a big twist 
you know, like when you find out, I mean, I guess I'll just say. Like, no, spoiler alerts. But always. Spoiler like, alert, fucking, but... <laughs> also, it, it happened last year, so get over yourselves. Yeah, yeah. This is like 2019 at this point. So, yeah. but like when you find out that Vanya like does have powers and stuff, it's mm-hmm. like then it's just like what? It's like a turn, like totally changes the the like dynamic dynamic of the show. Yeah, because yeah. you think that Vanya's this like powerless, like kind of like loser of the family, and then you right. figure out that like she actually has the most powerful powers of all, and like it's crazy. And like yeah. looking back at it, it's kind of like one of these things where it's like so so Reginald, who is the dad of everyone, Hargreaves. You know, why would he allow her to be an adopted child if she didn't have powers? Like, in looking back, I'm like, okay, we should have probably known that she had something. But it did take me a minute to, like, realize that that bitch had some fucking crazy ass powers. Yeah, I didn't really think of it because I was just like, well, he was so hasty to, like, adopt these babies. He probably just, like, assumed she had power, you know, like... And then realized that she was, like, a dud. But what's funny about it, I was actually just... I made this, like, realization the other day. Vanya's character is literally Elsa from Frozen. Yep. Where like her father, she has these, yeah, she has these powers and she doesn't know how to control them. And then her father, like, solution to this was to just like repress her and to like lock lock them up basically, and to like not them. And then like the powers grew too strong, but she couldn't be repressed. In this case, he literally in Umbrella Academy's case, he literally drugged her, like, yeah. and, and you know, and so, but it's funny. Like, I was like thinking about that. Forget like, because yeah, what the like fuck? he literally abused her, like verbally, emotionally abused her into thinking she was worthless, so that she would forget that she's actually like this no. crazy powerful like person. So it's like even though Vanya becomes kind of insane at the end of the season, at the end of season one, it's like it's understandable. It's kind of like how Elsa's seen in Frozen, like she's seen as this villain because she doesn't know how to control her power so they come out all strong and powerful and looking like she's crazy but really it's just like she just doesn't know what to do like she's right. expressing her emotions so but, what, so what particularly two, from season two yeah from season two i liked i like season two but i do i did kind of think it was like a repeat of a repeat of season one mm-hmm. yeah uh, it was kind of this whole like save the world apocalypse like yeah. five is like in the know five is always like the one that knows apparently i guess being a time jumper must be beneficial (laughs) i guess but then he like never uses his power this is the thing is like i love the show but i i i just think that like there's some inconsistencies in like their powers i just think that like none of them really use their powers in the right way or like when they should like yeah like allison has all these you know powers of persuasion and I feel like she, ne- I know that she purposely has like vowed not to really use her powers. So she really doesn't use them at the right time. But sometimes right. like she waits a really long time to use them. Like in, in season two, it's like, there's a part where like her husband's getting like abused or like beaten up. Yeah. And she like eventually does use them, but it takes her like a really long time. And I'm like, girl, like yes. you're just, if you have these superpowers to not make them beat up your husband, like, why are you waiting like 10 minutes for this to happen? Like, and then it's like, you know, Diego's powers are like, he can throw knives that's like not entirely useful so and- <laughs> i want to say something to that really quick because i'm reading the wikipedia article because i was like wait i forgot all the characters because i'm mm-hmm. apparently D- diego has telekinetic powers where anything he throws he can direct that throw so it's it's frustrating mm. because the wikipedia article does a better 
Java describing that power than the show. And I think yeah. it would be cool to know, like, okay, he threw a paper and the paper, right. he controlled the paper. Like, okay, so his telekinetic powers work on anything that he Yeah, because they only have him throw knives in right. this and show. Right, and so like, he's always looking for a knife. Like, yeah. let me find a knife. Like, you bitch, oh, yeah. you could throw I'm... a fucking podcast microphone and jam it up someone's booty hole. Yeah, you I've never seen him power. throw. Yeah. I've never seen him throw anything else. That could be very useful. Like he could pick up like a telephone pole in the street and like throw it at yes. someone or whatever. Yes. You know, like yeah. it just always seemed like it was like only knives and like yeah, he could direct them wherever he wanted. But because then I always wonder like what happens when he runs out of knives? Like there's only so many knives a person can hold. Like right. I think it, I mean... And so, like. And then Klaus's powers are like, they're really cool, but I just feel like the boundaries of his powers keep like getting confusing. Like it's like, sometimes he can have the dead take on corporal form yeah. and sometimes like all he can do is talk to them, but he can't summon them. So it's like, they just show up whenever it's like, I just don't understand his powers. Cause it's like, sometimes Ben would show up like in corporal form and then sometimes they couldn't make it happen and right, we'll i don't know it's like because it could be good ben like his powers a... could be cool but yeah. like i don't know and then five it's like this is my thing with season two is like for someone that can jump back and forth in time he literally was given 45 minutes to round up his whole family and he couldn't do it and i was like you can literally control time and you can't get your five siblings to like be in the same place at the same time like right. i just don't understand <laughs> and like why can't you just jump into the future like jump into the past and like you know it's like so right. his powers are like confusing and then vanya it's like sometimes she can fly sometimes she can be used as a bomb sometimes she can like transfer her powers like she does to harlan in this season yeah it's like so her powers are like i understand that her powers are like unexplored because she was holding them back for so right. long but i'm just like why can like it's like the writers are just like oh we need someone to fly now so we're gonna make it be vanya like it's like they just use her to be like whatever yeah they can't figure out one of the harlan or one of the hargreaves children to do so i don't know so that's my problem with season two is like i think in season one it was like very magical and we like were like all oh, these cool powers and stuff but then in season two it was kind of like the reality of like oh is your power is like really not that useful or like this isn't really working out like or like you're not using this in the right it was like some right. inconsistencies kind of started showing and it was like and it was like just a whole nother like apocalypse like world is ending yeah i'm just like and it just makes me wonder if like that's what's going to happen in season three like is it going to be another like apocalypse or like I, could there be well i mean it obviously there? isn't because you saw the end of season two yeah that's which true is, yeah is them dealing with the fact that they like changed the future alternate now, universe or something yeah it, they're yeah. like they're like there's a whole nother you know umbrella academy which is like the not umbrella academy whatever they call themselves um, yeah the sparrow academy or something like that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. no and so i said I agree. I, I hear everything you're saying and I agree to an extent. I think that like what makes this show so interesting though is that the fact that like they are rather than we get the like normal superhero bullshit like with the MCU universe and DC where it's like I'll have powers. I should always use them. Yeah. More human about them and like I do have powers but maybe I should be cognizant of like the fact right. that them. And with Klaus specifically, I think it's that like Klaus doesn't want to use his powers because could you imagine, and they did do some of this in season one, like how terrifying it would be to be as a child. Like ghosts are coming at you, talking to you, yeah. 
and you're like what the fuck is happening and then you can make that and you like talk to them back and everyone's wondering who the fuck you're talking to so you look crazy but then you make that ghost show up and then everyone's like what the fuck and the whole like Ben Klaus story is one of my favorite storylines. I do love that story. Yeah. Love that storyline. And I, I think that Allison's power, like, I agree. Like, she should have used it way sooner than she did in that moment. But I understand her hesitation of, like, only partially because she was someone who abused that power, right? Yeah. She spent all of season one. That's why she was famous. That's how people knew right. her. Like, she was, I heard a rumor. I heard a rumor. I heard a rumor. Mm-hmm. And so, season two, she's trying to be this, like, revitalized like I'm not doing this anymore like I'm a new person yeah she's like, like I have a fresh a clean slate basically right and like the thing with five, Allison's power that's like a little bit different than everyone else's too is that like hers is an actual phrase yeah she has to say that isn't a very natural phrase that comes right. out of people's mouth very often right. so like when she says it the people around her are like, why did the this bitch did say I heard a rumor? Like, and so hers is a little bit more revealing than everyone else's. Yes. Like it's and it's it's seen as not really a power, but like ter- a use of manipulation. Because like Luther's 100%. is like, oh, this bitch is he's strong, cool, yeah. like he could lift shit. Like Diego can throw knives. Like that just is seen as like cool to people. It's never yeah. seen as like a bad thing. Whereas right. like powers of manipulation like Allison's that's dangerous thing and like people don't ever really know whether you're telling the truth and like so she has to be extra careful I think and like her husband or boyfriend or whatever (laughs) from season two where he's like Mm -hmm. you could do this whole like did you persuade me to marry you and she's like right like like, were we were we ever in love yeah and like that's hard to deal with is like people questioning your motives when you have the power to really tell them to do whatever the fuck they want yeah exactly so I do understand Allison's like hesitation because her powers definitely would be the hardest to deal with like because she no one in her life would ever know like whether she, you know their relationship was real with her or Absolutely. whether she had manipulated them into it and so that is kind of a scary thing well, and I think like number five's powers are hard to even think about right like you're mm-hmm. a child who can control time and space and so you jump forward into an apocalypse where you yeah. spend your entire life alone yeah you you grow to be 50 years old and then you somehow manipulate time and space again to go back and be a child so now you're a 50 year old in a child's body and like knowing what the world has become but not and having a 50 year old mentality yeah in a fucking 12 year old's body or however the fuck old he is is like insane to me so i think that like i i agree with what you're saying like i don't think they use their powers in the ways that they could or should and should literally look at that a little bit better but i think there are some elements of this show where they're like no you got to think about the fucked upness of like it's a little bit more realistic than if you're watching a marvel movie where it's like mm-hmm. now we're in a different time zone and there's a gamora <laughs> yeah. that's like on the loose that isn't the same gamora as before and you're like that doesn't make sense yeah um well and i think with marvel movies you know like we don't ever really see the like real life aspect of them. i mean we kind of yes. do but like we don't see them like going to school like going right. to violin lessons right. like whatever you know right. like we don't really see, it's just like they're just saving the world time after time yeah. whereas an umbrella academy it's like they were trained to save the world like Reginald had them doing that as kids, like over and over again, day after day. It was like training and then going out on missions or whatever. But then it stopped. And then they just were like normal people out in the real world, like trying to figure out 
how to live and how to like survive with these powers. The only one that stayed behind was Luther yeah, because of his like crazy loyalty. And then, so they just like, didn't really know they had to figure out how to live with these powers basically. And how to like, you know, without saving the world every day, like all of a sudden saving the world wasn't their, you know, their MO wasn't their thing that they had to do until now when they're like 31 or whatever. And now all of a sudden, like, their little brother who we thought was missing for all these years has come back and been like guess what we have to save the world and they're like okay so it's like it is a very yeah. human aspect to superhero life i think in this show yeah. where it's like they we have to see them like you know fall in love and like learn these life skills and stuff with also dealing with their powers so it's kind of this cool little human aspect of being a superhero that we don't really get to see absolutely and i also agree with you on the vanya aspect like vanya's powers make no damn sense like <laughs> i don't know what this bitch can do she her eyes turn white and all of a sudden she's a fucking nuclear bomb yeah. like something to do with music and sound waves but right like okay so like... you picked on that so the only reason i know this is because i just read the wikipedia article where it's like vanya can oh. control sound waves you picked up on that i watched two seasons of this shit and was like I don't know what her power is. I could not tell you. Yeah, I mean, I got that. Me. I got that because of like the whole white violin thing at the end of, yeah. and it was like, you know, when she was trapped in the vault or mm-hmm. whatever, like in season yeah. one, when that her siblings like trapped her in. The only reason that she was able to use her power was like through her heartbeat. Like you remember yeah. how they like amplified her heartbeat? It was like she has to be hearing like a consistent sound and like sound waves and stuff. And the same with at the end of season one, it was like her playing violin that like made it strong so I like picked up on that but it is like very subtle like no one ever says like oh. it's music that that happens this that, like, entire show her. very so. much relies on the fact that you're gonna understand things that they're not saying right yeah <laughs> so what are your kind of thoughts on the season two as a whole and you make a couple comments here that I'm very excited to talk about so what are your like kind of thoughts on season two of the Umbrella Academy as a whole I liked, I liked like kind of putting them in a different time period. I thought that was interesting, you know, like even though it was like the same, you know, general issue, like apocalypse. Right. I like like, season one in the 1960s. Right. It was like season one was 2019 and now we're in, you know, 1960s. But I thought it was like, I thought that they did a good job of like mixing up the like, or like of like adding in the historical references. I mean, we kind of find out that like, the apocalypse is like all related to like JFK's assassination, yeah. which was which was very cool, like piece to the puzzle. It was like yeah. cool. and it was like, you know, Vanya was like they thought that she was like a Russian spy, like all just all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And then I kind of liked that in season two we dove in more about the commission and like yes. Kate Walsh's character. I can't remember what her name. Oh, the hand her name the handler. The handler, right? that's it. Yeah. yeah. So we like kind of dove more into that, which I thought was interesting too, because it was like we didn't just dive into her, but we dove into like the whole organization that she works for. Cause we know from season one that it's like, we meet her and we meet Hazel and shoot, I forgot the girl's name, the um, Mary J. Blige's character, whatever her name is. But we meet, so we, we like know a little Cha-cha. bit. Chacha, thank you. I was like, it's some weird name. We know a little bit about their like organization, but we don't really know the details. But I like that, like, you know, season two, we start to find out like a little more five like works for them for a little bit. And like, yeah. we find out their leader is like a fish. Like, there's just like so Which many like so weird. weird. Yeah. It's so weird. But like, but it, but then we also kind of see like the handlers, like, 
issues and you know yeah. we see like her authority issues and like how struggling she's handled the in there yeah. yeah like she's struggling with her role in the and then she kind of so it's like it's just a very so i did like that I like diving into that a little bit more because i think the commission is like this interesting concept of like these people that can control they basically can control time and like yeah. manipulate time in a way that like goes way above and beyond what five is capable of you know mm-hmm. and like and then i then and then you know i love i did love the end of season two i think of this whole like alternate yes world okay that's the of, like the sparrow academy where this. ben is like top dog like that's crazy i was just like what the fuck? that was ben like one of the choke best me and kill me and spit up my grave and yes <laughs> he is yeah he is so really handsome oh my God. and yeah, i think he's, he's gay funny. which is like bless <laughs> <laughs> I follow he him might on be. Twitter. Yeah, I follow might... him on Twitter. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 I've, I don't, I've never seen him in anything else, but he's a gorgeous man. Yeah. But yeah, and so now Ben is all of a sudden like back. Because I because I was wondering because, you know, Ben does die. Or like Which, you know, him and Klaus's him and so, relationship ends. So somehow. I don't know if you, yeah, so. you might have been busy. So the day that this happened. So I watched most of season. So I rewatched season one, which is why I was late to the Poconos car mm, and then mm. throughout the week in the Poconos I was watching season two there was yeah, one I do remember day that. where I was sobbing at the table and Jacob's like you okay I was like <laughs> listen Ben is dying and I am not dealing <laughs> I'm with not this. okay I'm not dealing with this very well like I was yeah. not expecting to be so emotional but like what the fuck so I agree I like it was a very hard thing to like he died and I was like okay wow and then he came back as the leader of the Sparrow Academy and I was like what yeah what's happening right now because that's why I was like I was so sad I was like oh my god Ben's gone like I like Ben's character I want him more like what the fuck but then like now they have him back like as a kid and I'm like because oh, okay. I also there's still so many things about Ben that we don't know like they yes. still never really talked about how he died right. and I'm, i really want to know about that like yeah. i it's like it's they've kept it a mystery for two seasons now and i'm like i really really want to know how and he his died because power it, is freaky as fuck really freaky as fuck like freakier than everyone else's and that's yes. why like they keep kind of alluding to the fact that like his power because it's this like dark monster type of thing like yeah it, the way that the feeling I get when they talk about his death is that somehow this monster kind of took over him yeah and like or something killed. like yeah or like or like the monster won like in this battle with him versus the monster the monster yeah. somehow won and he like committed suicide maybe or like some, yeah. I don't know like that's kind of what it it's no one's ever said anything like that but that's just like the feeling I get when they talk right. about this because like, we this saw his funeral really in season darkness. two right we saw like the, how they all were like there and how Klaus like saw like how Ben started being Klaus's like ghost confidant essentially yeah but none of the lead up to the funeral was talked about right well in season one you know like one of the first episodes they just show Ben's like statue in their house or or, like in their courtyard of their house or whatever you know and they like don't because it's like Reginald dies and they just talk and they show Ben's statue and it's like and they just, it's just like this gloom over the family and it's not even it doesn't really even feel like it's about Ben's death it feels like it's about the way it was like something yes. about the way that he died is clearly like a very dark 
secret in this family yes. that no one likes to talk about and I don't know what it is but it's just like the feeling that they all give when they when they talk about it it's like really and, awkward and I, so it's like I think it's so interesting that and then <clears> in <throat> the new ending right they save the timeline or whatever mm-hmm. and in the new ending now Ben isn't dead so like what happened right like yeah. what are the events from 1960 when none of them were alive that led to the fact that whatever they changed now ben's not dead and they're they're not the chosen ones for right. the umbrella academy there's the sparrow academy like i think that's gonna be a fun thing to look into season three where it's like yeah. oh, what yeah and it's like maybe ben has different powers or maybe he just like didn't give in to his powers as much yeah. Or something because obviously something about Ben's powers is like weird like it's because yes. it is like everyone else's are kind of these like typical things you think about when you yeah. think of superpowers like knife throwing ability cool super strength cool yeah. manipulation like awesome but like Talk Ben's is dead. like, like yeah are, like yeah. awesome like we've seen all these powers before in other you know stories but like Ben turns into this like monster which yes. is like and you it's never like actually really like see people. the monster either. Yeah. Like you only see it in like ghost form at the end of season one. Yes. And yes. like you hear it, like it makes these awful noises and there's a lot of blood. Like whenever Ben goes into a room as a kid and defeats something, it's like, there's a lot of blood and he always looks very disturbed, but you don't. Yes. So it's like something about Ben's power is really dark that they haven't like tapped into yet. So I'm just like very excited 100%. to see what that is. Well, and I love that you wrote, like, you know, what are you, in this questionnaire, you said there's 36 other children. Mm. They, they did seven of them. So right. there's 29 kids that we still know nothing about. So the Sparrow Academy is like bringing in part of these other 29 kids and it's going to be interesting. And I think yeah. that, like, that is a big part of why I think I love this show because you know, there are 36 kids and we've only right. seen a subsect of them. So the world is revolving and these kids have powers and we don't know what, we've never heard of them. We don't know who the fuck they are. Like That's something I think is like, you know, ultimately I imagine when this show someday gets into like its last season and I feel like it's going to be some kind of thing where they're like, let's rally up the other mm-hmm. 29 kids to defeat whatever, you know, world problem they're having or whatever. Cause it's like, 100%. they must, these kids must know they're not idiots. Like they know that there's the other kids like them out there in the world that they've just never met and they must be curious they haven't maybe expressed their curiosity but it's like eventually they're going to go out and seek them i feel like i just feel like or those kids well, are going to seek them i like, guess that's like my question <laughs> like if you your father told you that like on the day you were born there was 36 other children born randomly mm-hmm. like you know this story the story is not like like it's a whole it's a famous story yeah it's like everyone in the world knows wouldn't you be curious to know who these other 29 people are like yeah i feel like if i was one of these children i would be like looking for these other right it's weird that they didn't do it and i but i also feel like if i was one of those kids if I was like one of the kids that wasn't in the Umbrella Academy, but I like had grown up, you know, because these kids are all, these people are all in their thirties now. They're 31 or whatever. They're like yeah. our age now. Yeah. So it's because it's literally the year I was born when they were born. Yeah. It's like 1989. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, so it's like they're our age. They grew up, they had lives. They obviously had superpowers growing up that they had to deal with. And you see on TV, like that there's this famous, like seven kids that were like fighting battles. And like, as a kid, I would have been curious kind of like the Harold Jenkins thing yes, yes. except he didn't have superpowers but he was born the same day but it's like I would have been curious I would have sought them out I would have been like I want I have powers and I'm just like these kids and I was born the same day like I want to know 
and it's so what it, they're doing what their deal is and so that's why i'm like i forgot about harold jenkins and like what a piece <laughs> of shit he was and like yeah okay so i guess like now i'm like contradicting myself and the fact that like okay if you take any day of the year there's how many people born on that day right right definitely more than 36 sure there are these 36 unique births or right. like because harold jenkins wasn't one of these special kids no it's like your parents had sex and you were born yeah Most like you don't have any power kids, exactly like vanya is <laughs> the one so i think vanya is the one from the pool vanya is the fucking pool swimming girls baby right where it's like oh they're, they're russian i think they were russian mm -hmm. in that pool. yeah i think like, they were you dive in you're not pregnant you come up and you're bleeding and you're pregnant like that fun fun time <laughs> i can't imagine like first of all Jesus. women you're all your bodies are beautiful you're amazing <laughs> i love you thank you at least most people have nine months to prepare for it i that's like Anya's mother this like, bitch literally having, dove into water this and was bitch like, was like well, in high school and thought she was like having yes. her first kiss with this like cute boy oh and, then, and like, then she's like wow now i'm pregnant <laughs> sex is yeah, forever yeah, what the fuck <laughs> I'm imagine. never kissing a boy again for the rest Can't of my life. And even like... imagine, but that's a really good point that you bring up. That like, there's that 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 guy, what's his name again? Harold Jenkins. Harold Jenkins. Yeah. Who's like, <laughs> girl, I'm a little bug. Who's like, who's like thinking he's so special because he was born on that day, and you're like, oh, it's like there's like thousands of people born on that day. Yes. Yeah. So I think, but that, if like, you were born on that day and you knew that you had powers. That that's my be, thing that like, i would be like fucking curious i'd be like there's these seven people that were born the same day as me yes. that also have superpowers i want to hang out with them and like know but like how that. do you find those people right like i think that's yeah. the part of this that's hard because harold jenkins was like i was born on that day so i should be special yeah but he had no powers except no. that he killed people that was his and only he power. just was like he was, was able to manipulate vanya because he was an asshole but yep but like then you have these 29 other people where you're like where are their powers what's happening what's going on you know what yeah I mean? and i feel like that's a part of the show that they're they're purposely leaving open like they're like we're gonna tap into that shit well, because you know it's like, based off a comic book series like the walking right. dead so it's like and falling it's, yeah. the guy that writes it is the singer guitarist or something for my chemical romance like the band my what? chemical romance yeah okay. yeah it's like a musician that wrote these comic books which i'm is, here like, for that but yeah okay let's take a quick ad break from our sponsors ad break sponsor sponsoring ad breaks, ad breaks sponsor. they're sponsoring things <laughs> and we'll hear from them and then we'll come back and we're back <laughs> <laughs> so the next quick, question quick, quick. right it's like a horrible transition the <laughs> next question is that i have for you is kind of who is your favorite character in the story and why or if you have multiple favorite characters let's talk about all of them hmm i it's funny the show i like kind of go back and forth i did love obviously I think it's like a right. universal thing. I loved Klaus in Klaus, season one. Yeah, Klaus is amazing. He's just like the the gay friend that everyone wants. Yeah. Like yeah. that can talk to dead people apparently. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> but like Klaus, I have a question for my grandma. Can you please ask her? <laughs> <laughs> I love Klaus. He's just. I also. I I think that Klaus is like, in a way, had like the most complex storyline because yes. he's had to live in multiple timelines because he did get transferred back to like the vietnam war in season yes. one which is like nuts to think about so like klaus has kind of been through 
a lot of shit some shit and yeah, yeah and like more so than ever i mean they've all been through a lot of shit but class i think more so than anyone and right. like and then for him to have to go back in the 60s and like relive this time where like the love of his life was still alive right. but like and like not telling be able to him do anything. not to join the yeah, army like not die. to go yeah. to war but like now he seems like a crazy person i mean it's yes. just he's like really had a so i did like klaus i didn't love his storyline in season two i loved that storyline of like him finding david and like friending him i didn't yeah. love the whole like storyline with him being like this interesting like, jesus type character i just thought it was interesting. like interesting i don't know i just was like bored of it pretty okay. quickly okay i liked more like drug addict class like in season I one i thought it. he was okay. like more interesting in season two i actually really loved allison i thought that like she i loved that like they put a civil rights yes. aspect into it and they were like we're gonna have allison fight for fight the civil she's rights the only war. black sibling so it was like right what so else it was is like, gonna happen yeah, yeah and it was in the 60s so it was like this makes sense but it was also what i also loved about it it wasn't even just that it was that i mean i loved that she fought you know because allison's like a fighter obviously yeah but i liked i liked that she also was given an opportunity like i feel like she took the best advantage of this opportunity of going back in time where like she advantage of it and of being separated from her siblings to like rebuild her life and like found yes. love and like someone that wasn't luther because luther is like a relationship for her that's like never gonna happen Terrible. and it's just like a toxic awful relationship that's like you know he's her brother but like not really right one so like thing. it's like i mean i <laughs> i'm not adopted i don't have adopted siblings so i can't imagine yeah. what it's like to be like you know you're adopted clearly also because like she's black he's white like it's it's different right. if you're like you both are the same skin color and you could pretend like you're the you know you know whatever right. like it was obvious from day one for the both of them that they were like adopted siblings and like yeah but it I also seems like the attraction was obvious from day one because yes. it's like even has like clips in season one of them when they're like 12 like kissing or like about to kiss and it's like so I can't, I can't even imagine, imagine like when I think about that I'm like because I feel like we've seen this storyline in TV a lot where yeah. it's like a uh, two people that like you know it's like a foster kid that's brought in and like it falls for the, the foster brother but then they get adopted and they're mm -hmm. siblings and they can't be together you know it's like yeah it's kind of like a tale as old as time type of thing but like <laughs> so like we've seen this type of relationship before but I feel like this is the first one where I've like it's tricky because it's like in a way you kind of root for them because it's like you want clearly they're both like tortured and like just want to be together but like they can't be so like you're like kind of rooting for them because you're like i just want you to like find love and like be together but then also like your siblings and this is so complicated so and you shouldn't weird. be together yeah. and like it's like and like you grew up together and it just makes it uncomfortable and so it's like i yeah. i do think umbrella academy actually handled it well where like the only time they ever really had them kiss was like in a fantasy world or like yes. in a dream yes i was like okay good this is fine like have it be in a dream don't have it be in real life like and so I loved that in season two, they had Allison just like find a new identity. Like yeah. Allison, think about how terrifying that is too. Like Allison was dropped into the 1960s, couldn't speak because Vanya right. had fucking blown out her vocal cords. Yeah, so she, she fucking speak. cut her throat. Yeah. Yeah. So she couldn't speak and she had to like find a whole new identity yeah. without using words. Somehow, As a Ray, black woman in the 60s. A, yeah. Like and some and who hadn't even grown up in the 60s she right. knew nothing about the time and somehow ray found her and somehow they built this like beautiful relationship and like and it was great like i liked ray i was like i yeah. like ray i like this relationship and so 
I think that that in that way, Allison is like the most resilient character because she, like, I mean, when you think about that, like, I if you couldn't fucking talk and you got put into a different time period, yes. especially one that like was not kind to black people, like with the yes. world that she'd grown up in, like, and she made the best of it and fell in yep. love and like I, I, so I like really respected Allison this season. I was like, good for her, like, and Ray's great, like, and so yeah, and then and even when she revealed to Ray that she had powers. He was like good about it, you know. Like he was like he was okay. I mean, he it. did take it like like what the was, fuck? Like, yeah, I mean, but wouldn't you? I mean, that's like that's one hundred percent crazy. Yeah. Like yeah. like to see like the love of your life like yeah. manipulate someone like that. I would have been like, what the fuck? Right. But he like in the end was like kind of okay with it. It was oh absolutely like, but yeah. So I think Allison definitely proved that like she had the toughest situation going back in time, and she seemed to have like made the best of it. Other people like really fell hard like Diego was in a fucking mental institution Luther was like fighting for money basically or like yeah. like someone's lackey you know yeah. it was like most of them weren't thriving exactly in the 60s but Allison was like she was doing okay she so was living her normal like, life good yeah. for her good for you for like making the best of it so no I, I agree I was, so I disagree in that like I think Klaus's character in season two was phenomenal I love the Jesus like the Jesus character only because like I related to that so hard. I was like, all right, if mm-hmm. I'm going to go back in time, I'm going to, I'm going to know time. That's I'm going to know what the fuck's going to happen. So let me be a guru. Let me benefit the fuck out of this. And like, then he's so, tell the future. 100%, and he's so fluid that he's like, great, and I'll fuck anybody who I want. Mm-hmm. And like, they want to fuck me and they're fucking following me. I'm a cult. Yes, bitch. Like, <laughs> absolutely. So, but I also love that he like got over it real quick he was like i'm fucking done like, yeah like, he like got like, exhausted don't go chasing waterfalls <laughs> stick to the rivers and the lakes that you're used that was to so good right? i was like oh my god yes tlc lyrics like right? amazing yes absolutely. i also love that him and ray like became friends in prison that was like or like yes. in jail. that was like my favorite thing i was like yes you two should be friends a hundred percent now hi handsome how are hi. you ah Levi. He's literally been he's been sleeping the whole time and he just woke up. I am so worry. No, I I agree. Like Klaus Klaus's character is a mess, but I love him. He might be my favorite character. Oh my god. I am so boy. He's decided to cuddle now. And I'm, I'm here for it. He's like and, I'm awake. Uh, I agree with you on Allison's perspective. I will also say that I think one of my favorite characters is Diego. Not because mm-hmm. I have a thing for Latin men, but <laughs> well, <laughs> not because, but also, I think that Diego really grew in season two. I think like Diego, I think that's true. Yeah, like season one, he was trying to be Luther and he was trying to be the superhero that like no one wanted. He wanted to be the number one, right? Yeah, and then like season two, he was like, "Listen, I am pretty fucking great, but I'm also gonna do my own shit and I'm gonna do my own life." And then he fell in love with that girl who was born on the same day as him. And Lila, yeah. That was a whole thing. I think, that's what I was going to say, I think Lila did bring out kind of the best in Diego, even though I know it's like kind of an ill-fated relationship, but I think she did like... I agree. Like made him realize that... Well, I also think like Lila is the point that we just talked about, right? Before the ad break, Um, which was... Which oh like was, another another person yeah. she was born on the same day she's one mm-hmm. of the she's one of the 36 right like we've met lila we know lila's one of the 36 yeah and so and the handler 
met five, looked for Lila, like fully knowing that this happened. And so like that to me was an was another element of this like I am so excited to see who these other people are and what the fuck they're gonna do because it's some crazy shit. And they hand yeah. her Kate Walsh. I love her. Oh my God. She's so good. She's in, she, she's in she's everything so right now. She's like so every good. show that I watch, Kate Walsh is like yeah. in somehow. I'm like, are you in everything in 2020? Like what is she's been like? so good in girl. She's she amazing. was so good in girls trip when like Regina, Regina Hall was like, bitch, stop talking like you're black. And Kate Walsh was like, absolutely. Yes. Queen. And she's like, no, no. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm talking about. I just saw her in like 13 Reasons Why. Like I've been seeing her in everything. Yeah, that show was not good, but she was in it and she was good. And then I like just brought her. Like I was rewatching Grey's Anatomy and she was obviously. And then she had her own spinoff because they were like, oh, she's so good. We're going to have a spinoff. Like she's amazing. Kate Walsh. And I just saw her in something else too. Like I've been seeing her like everywhere lately. And like, where is Kate Walsh? Like literally 2020, like VIP right now. She fucking kills it. She fucking kills it. So who's your least favorite character in this show? Man, probably Luther. I don't like Luther that much. And I don't really see the appeal that Allison has in him. Like, I'm like, I... And I, it's funny because the whole process that Reginald did of numbering his children, like, is such a psychological mindfuck. Like, he he did this, you know, like, as infants, probably, because based on, like, how he saw their powers and how he saw, like, them... I don't know. It's just, it's interesting. Also, he's an alien, which is a storyline that I didn't understand very well, but whatever. Yeah, and, like, well, and clearly he, clearly he raided Luther because he saw Luther's loyalty. Like, he saw that Luther was always going to be the one to, like, bring the family back together. He was always, even though Luther's power isn't, like, you know, Luther's not the most powerful of the children, but he's right. like the leader. He's the one that's yeah. always like diehard family. Rally. Like yeah. rallies them. Yeah. And so it's like, so, th- and that's clearly why he made him number one. And it's like, but it's, and it's, I think that Luther also kind of like needs that title because he clearly doesn't have like the confidence that like five or, you know, I don't even know. Like Allison everyone else, Allison Klaus, has Klaus has confidence coming Klaus out of Klaus has confidence. Nicole. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and Luther doesn't have that. Luther like clearly needs the number one title. Yeah. And even Diego says that, I think, in season one where Diego's yeah. like, you want to be number one, you got to act like number one. Like, yeah. Like he's like, you need to like make the decisions around here and like whatever. And so it's funny because I, I, I think the numbering system is like such an interesting thing because clearly he listed them like a number of what he thought was going to be important, where it's like, he saw Vanya mm-hmm. at the bottom. I mean, he did that on purpose because he wanted Vanya to feel like shit. Basically. Right, and he like so, gaslighted her. as like, you're the least important, but your powers yeah. are actually the most important. Exactly. And then like Diego, he probably, Diego and Allison are probably like equal where he like saw them both as kind of like leaders. And so they was like, okay, number two and number three. And then like Klaus, he probably saw as like the slacker or whatever, you know, and number five <laughs> was unpredictable because number five was like, always jumping through time and always had these like big dreams and he didn't think he was ever going to be able to like control himself which is kind of true number five is kind of like a loose cannon like yes sort of like all over the place like i love him as a character but like he is like not really reliable and then ben was like obviously dealing with these demons so it's it is funny when you think about the numbering system because you're like he probably had it right like in the way that he numbered but i think luther 
takes the number one position like very seriously like too seriously like and he gets really cocky about it and thinks that he's like he gets entitled and thinks that he's like the leader of the family but really he's kind of like the most useless especially in season two i was like i literally forgot about him most of the time in season two because in season one his most exciting storyline was his and allison's and then in season two, that was gone. And so I was like, oh. Frames of season two, he's right like now. this fucking fighter for some guy that killed JFK or something. I still don't remember. Yeah, I, yeah. it's yeah. like he lost his, and like he is the first one that like finds Vanya, I guess, like, whatever. Guess, but like, yeah, like Luther's story in season two just gets a little bit like lost. And I was like, I just don't care about Luther anymore. Like, I think his, I understand his pain and that obviously he has like a gorilla's body and that's like not easy to go through life with. Well, right. But also that's his (laughs) dad's fault. Like his dad fucking, he didn't have a gorilla's body and then his dad sent him on this mission where he almost died and he was like, okay, I'm going to give you a gorilla body and like that'll fuck you up. Yeah. And then sent him to the moon for like years thinking that he was doing all this important work when he was literally just like getting rid of him. So No, thank you. Yeah. I think for me, Miley's favorite character is number five. Oh, really? I Interesting. kind of hate number five because only because I think number five over exaggerates his importance. Mm. I understand time travel is quintessential to this show, unfortunately. Like, sure. you need it, but it, clearly there's a briefcase that can do it because Klaus went back to Vietnam and fought in Vietnam. So like, right. to me, I'm like, number five, I need you to take yourself and downgrade yourself just a little bit and how important you think you are. Yeah. Well, he thinks he's important because he's like had life experience because he right. like, jumped back and forth. And, and he's running around trying to tell everyone like, I am the reason you're wherever, blah, blah, blah sure okay but like calm the fuck down because like yeah you're not if you can't control your powers enough you clearly aren't that great like that's the thing like everyone else well i feel like number five and number i feel like number five and klaus and vanya i guess have like the least control over their powers right because like yes vanya is just discovering them klaus is like just discovering that he has these new abilities he didn't really realize the whole like and he did the drugs for control. so long to yeah. avoid talking to the dead. So Klaus right. is so Klaus's things, yeah. powers and like powers with the undead in general are like yeah. so complicated. It's like who who knows? But whereas like Luther, Allison, and Diego, like they know their powers, they know their limits. Yeah, that's it. And so it's like that's that's why they're number one, two, and three. Like they know they know what they can do. 100%. But I and like number five is like so unpredictable. It's like sometimes he can jump through time, sometimes not. Like right. even now, like season two, the whole thing is his fault. Like. He said that they could time jump, but he put them all in different years. Yes. A long time to like get back together. And like, yep. but then he's like, we have to rally to get the couple. Like he always is just like, follow me and believe me. And when it's like, why? You just literally scattered us in a decade. Like right. you, you fuck up every you? time we try yeah, to do like, something. Yeah. And it's like, and you're still 14, whereas the rest of us are in our 30s. Like, and you're I, the reason the handler is after us, and the handler knows about who we are, who got a daughter, yeah. who has powers. Like, you're kind of the fucking reason that all of this shit went to shit. And like the whole JFK assassination, 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 assassination is like related to him somehow. Like, yes. it, it's like it's a he's like a yeah he's a number five is a little annoying in that way right because i'm always just like and with him it's always like i think what i think this gets brought up in like season one or something where they say that like he has an apocalypse complex like he thinks that there always has to be some big problem to solve and the rest of them are kind of just like let us live our lives like well there is an apocalypse like like, the apocalypse was brought (laughs) on because of number five like yes i think we want to blame vanya 
every right. time, which is, is because that's what the story tells us. But now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, I'm like, it, it's probably number five's fault because yeah. this motherfucker's time hopping, going around, seeing things based on from when he left. So like, uh, I did a tarot reading for the group last night and- Oh yeah, you know, wanted to hear girl, about those Danny, responses. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> so I think that the, like they are trying to portray Vanya as this villain for season one and season two. And I honestly think that number five is the reason that the apocalypse happened, right? Like, so like I was saying, it's, I did these tarot readings last night and in my tarot readings, I told them, I was like, this is who, we, this is, I'm reading you right now in this moment that we're in right now. So tomorrow mm -hmm. I could give you a very different tarot reading. I can give you a very different tarot reading in five minutes from now. Like, so because five deals with time, I think that the fact that he fucking was like trying to be all big boss and jumped forward in time to the apocalypse is the reason the apocalypse happened was because he, we don't there's no timeline when he was the child from growing up with all his brothers and sisters to the end so him right. leaving causes these certain like butterfly effect to where vanya blows up and then in season two him dropping everyone at different time zones causes yeah. vanya to blow yeah. up so i think that number five is the villain that's the end of that <laughs> i i mean i don't disagree with that i do think i mean number five just like he's kind of like the he's like the drama queen of the group you know he's yes just like, he's always looking for a conflict and always looking for like a problem to solve and it's like right. i i get it because he's like this guy that like he didn't have his family growing up obviously and it's so his he, own fault though i like want yeah. us to be really clear like he thought he was too big for his britches and went outside jumped a couple seconds ahead jumped a couple minutes ahead That's jumped a couple true. hours and then jumped a couple years yeah so he like yeah i mean he fucked that up for himself and yeah. lived a very lonely life where like his only friend was a mannequin head in a department Yikes. store yeah and, yeah and like and so i get that like now he comes back and he's back with his family and he wants to like create this i don't know this like drama or this conflict or whatever but it's like yeah. it's just it's been nothing ever since he's come back it's been nothing but problem after problem you know he's the one that like knew about harold jenkins and it's like he found out about harold jenkins way too late like vanya had already killed him we'd already like discovered harold jenkins like we'd already yeah. known him. so it was like cool number five like you literally gave us no help like well that's the thing we like, already figured his it out. clues to how the world ends were so unhelpful mm -hmm. and is why i continue to believe that yeah. you were the problem number five that the yeah. world fucking ended is that you couldn't get your shit together in your fucking whatever and it's um, like his problems with the handler and with the commission keep screwing things up even further because it's 100%. like 100 percent. because they you know the commission's just like trying to let things go their course and number five yeah. just keeps coming and like fucking it up and it's just and then it makes all these other ripple effects like you said like and then the commission has to like it's not even they kind of make the commission out to seem like the villain yeah but it's like they're not really they're just trying to like control they're just trying to like make things happen the way they're supposed to happen right like control then, the timeline based on yeah. all the fuck-ups that are happening and then number five just like keeps coming in yeah. and like fucking it up and then vanya is just like poor girl it's just like figuring it out you know like she's trying to just like live her life and yeah it, it somehow keeps like causing the apocalypse without meaning to but like it's poor girl. well i mean also the second season when she's like fucking tortured with lsd and stuff mm -hmm. it's like oh god i couldn't even imagine god yeah like really rough yeah 
so I guess we have a couple more questions. My next one is like, what does this show do for representation on TV? Like what sort of representation do you see? And I know like we're both white people. So like for us talking about representation, you know. Right, it's like is take it with a grain of salt. Exactly. Yeah. But we also are very smart people and, and also people who are part of multi diverse groups and like multi, you know, cultural whatevers. So we can recognize representation, I think, in different facets. But like, what does this show do for representation on TV, in your opinion? I do like that, you know, because I think the fact that like all seven Hargreaves children are adopted, it leads yes. to the fact that like they can make one of them black or like one of them Asian. Yep. And, you know, so that's kind of cool is like, you know, obviously Allison is black, yep. Ben is Asian. So that's that's nice, like that we can have seven siblings that like aren't just all white Diego's Latin X yeah yeah Diego's Latin right yeah there's like a bunch of and then you know and then Vanya's like kind of bisexual maybe or you know because she has like a relationship with a man in the first season but then in the second season we have her with a woman which is like kind of cool and I think it's really I think what's really cool about that is that she's her memory's gone. So she doesn't yeah. even have a memory of like a past relationship or anything. Yes. And so that's just even further proof that like, or further representation or whatever, that like we can't really control mm-hmm. who we love. It's like when one alternative universe, she loved a man and in another, she loved a woman and she doesn't even remember loving yep. a man. But like, you know, so I think, just think that's like a cool thing. And I also think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Vanya's character because now that Elliot Page is like, you know has come out as as like a trans man i think it's interesting to see if the show will go along with yes. that because i, I it could get the fuck out could. of my head that's literally <laughs> i was about to be like all right she doesn't say something i'm gonna say that yes <laughs> yeah yes and i, am I, very I think that if any show would go along with it it would be this show 100 yeah i would love so. to see the storyline that they like i would love to see if vanya's storyline kind of mimics elliot's storyline right yeah like, totally where it's like you know whatever dating women and then coming to the realization that yes I'm a trans man mm-hmm. and what that looks like because I feel like if there's any show that could do it should do it would do it absolutely needs to do it it's the Umbrella Academy like, right yeah because they've already like kind of explored a lot of I mean class is all over the fucking place like if we're gonna yeah. deal with fluidity <laughs> and homosexuality Klaus is fucking anything that yeah. walks so like yeah exactly I think we're okay <laughs> yeah totally yeah, no. I'm like, I'm curious to see because I mean, like there was enough time given, like, yes. you know, because like, I, you know, he just, it just happened like a month ago or something. But right. like, and I'm sure that like the Umbrella Academy writers are probably still like finalizing season three. So that could be like a cool, like, and thing all the Umbrella Academy co-stars were like very supportive like yeah was everyone of, was like yeah. so i mean netflix was like jumped on like yeah. changing changing his billing name and like all this stuff so i think that like that could be a really cool thing to explore like I would and even love if they it. don't even if they don't i feel like it's it's okay but i just think it yes. would be like if anything was gonna do it it would make sense to be. i think for me it's like if they don't then it's like great I love mm-hmm. to see a trans man play a woman on TV because you know right? what? Like, how yeah. many straight men play gay guys? How many non-trans people play trans people? Like, totally. fuck y'all. Like, if we're allowed to, do, if y'all are allowed to do it on the one side, then the other side's allowed to come in and do whatever the fuck they want. Exactly. So, well, like, I, in this season of Drupal Drag Race, we have a trans man drag queen. Like, that's cool. Wait, like, we've got, one? like, Gottmik is, like, supposedly, like, a trans man 
I did not know this. Yeah, it's like I so was it's... just so excited about <laughs> Tina Burner. I didn't even <laughs> research any of the other characters. <laughs> yeah, it's, so it's gonna be interesting. But yeah, like I love that we're in an age of TV where like that's a thing that like we can explore now, which is like really really cool. Hundred um, percent, and I love that. I love that. I think the Umbrella Academy really pushes the boundaries, and I think you know if I'm gonna talk about representation in TV, I think you know. Do I wish that it did more representation? Yes. But yeah. did we have like Mary J. Blige? We had Allison. We had totally. Klaus as a queer character. You know, we have Diego. We have Ben, who is gorgeous. I don't know anything yes. about Lila, but she yes. seems like she might be... Indian? Yeah, I maybe. Think. I like... think she was Indian know, or, or like Indian British. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like she seems some something. So exactly. yeah. And so I think I'm... that like they are introducing all of the flavors that we need, <laughs> right? Like, well, cause I want to like, you know, I mean like diverse diversity in TV is just such a t- controversial topic and like yeah. representation in TV. And like, like you said, they're all adopted. So it kind of opens the door for them to be any Anything. whatever. Yeah. Yeah, right? totally. And I love we have, like that. a freaking like ape that is their mentor in Hello, this show. Right? Like, we would, like if any show was to like, ex- you know, explore with diversity, absolutely. like that's the show, so. Absolutely. And I that's think actually that, like, one thing I loved about season two was like exploring like young Reginald and young Pogo. Like we got yes. to see like that, how that relationship started. Yes. And like with, uh, what's the mom's name, Grace? Or, something or, yeah. or like the who the mom was based off yeah right like I think it's Grace or something yeah like we got to see that relationship like, well, so and that the fact that of... like their dad's an alien like there's a there's a whole lot of things that we have mm-hmm. to like and I think you know I mean when we talk about aliens I think that that also comes into like illegal immigrants right like so I feel like they that mm-hmm. also is a topic that like they're talking about without talking about it which I love that but yeah. like it is, I think that the Umbrella Academy does a very good job of like being diverse, being as inclusive as they can be. I think they could be more, but like everybody could be more. Right. You know, I mean, I don't know, like, cause like it's, it's one of those things where it's like, we're, we're, did you ever see Vita? No. Okay, watch it. You will love it. Vita, okay. Uh, it's on stars. If you need to log in, I got you. But like the cast, the directors, the writers, the crew were all queer Latinx people. And oh, so like, I, I wonder sometimes in the situation of Umbrella Academy, like, okay, the, the cast is super diverse, but are you employing queer writers, queer or, or people of color mm-hmm. writers or, you know, crew or whatever. So I want to make sure that like representation, representation, drunk as shit. <laughs> That I want to make sure that representation in TV doesn't stop with what we see, but also yeah. what was produced. So, yeah. But I think the Umbrella Academy does a really good job of representation. Yeah, it's funny because, like, with the Umbrella Academy, I feel like I remember thinking, like, because they're adopted, they could have, in theory, had them, like, all be. Yeah not white you know none of them like, had to be white i mean right? yeah like i understand that they put like elliot page in there as like a big name like yeah like, and i mean not, know, not sure. for nothing a but, few of them are kind of big names right like yeah yeah and like but i think that like you Elliot's know luther luther could have been like a more diverse character yeah. like 
I guess Klaus, but the guy that plays Klaus is so good. That's yeah. like, I, I don't know if that could be well, replicated. It's like so perfect, but. I'm interested <laughs> to see where season three goes with the Sparrow Academy, because if mm -hmm. Ben is the leader, right? So Ben, the Asian character, he's the leader, hopefully. And we didn't get to see them, right? It was all like a dark It was, figure, yeah, it was like a blur. Yeah, uh, I don't happening. But like, I would love it if it, there was no white characters in right. Sparrow Academy and like let's fucking light that shit up and see yeah. what happens there I think that would be really because also like we haven't explored like there might have been someone born in Africa or someone born in South America or someone born that's in, the like... thing too is like yeah as far as we know like everyone has been like American kind of or like right. you know we've got like Russian American or whatever right but, like, right Vanya's probably the Russian one but like right other than that like because she, she was clearly the the catalyst for the story but like, other than that, like everybody else seems to be born in America, so. Yeah. I think that another thing I just wanted to, that I liked about, so Lila, the character that like Diego's in love with or whatever, the like other, one of the 36. Right, the other, other one kids. of the siblings. <laughs> what I loved about her, I loved her powers because in my opinion, her powers are the ideal superpower because this yeah. is like the power, like if you ever watch like the X-Men series, there's like Mystique who is like the Ugh. woman who can take on anybody else's yes. form type of yes. deal. Like, yes. And then Lila's like power is that she can take on anyone else's powers like in proximity to her. Yes. And I always just thought that like, if I, whenever people ask me like what superhero or superpower I would have, it's always like that, like take on other people's superpowers yeah. or like, take on other people's forms. I just think that that's like the ultimate superpower because it's like you can be anything and so i love that they brought that into like lila's character and that's why i so badly want to see these other 36 people because in my head like i never really i like superhero stuff but i things like spider-man superman like whatever those types of super heroes were yeah. always like limiting to me i was like okay they can do these yeah. like two things they can fly and they can whatever but i like i like the shows that are about like a group yes. of people that can all do different things so that's why yes. i always loved the x-men because i was like i love like the concept of like each a person has power. a different yeah. power and they come together to yes. like use their powers and that's what i love about the umbrella academy and that's why i love the idea of like these 36 other people because i'm like what are their powers like imagine if all of them like got together like i don't even know who their villain is at this point that they're going against but whatever it is like right. <laughs> it would be awesome like i just love seeing like people's unique powers i just think that's such a cool like concept that i like can never get over with superheroes i like seeing like a bunch of different people have specific powers that can like come together and that's why like x-men always appealed to me more than like the superman the or, ones, yeah. or whatever because i was like yeah. i superheroes are cool but like they can only do two things or whatever you know three things no i mean i grew up with x-men yeah. x-men was my shit for yeah years x-men was like so cool like I, my Absolutely. boyfriend in high school actually got me into it and i always just thought that was like the coolest thing i was like i like this idea of like a group that like all have different strengths and like yeah because I, I feel like that's realistic because that's like what a friend group is or like right. what anything is you know it's like you meet people that in life that like or even a relationship like you meet someone in life that kind of has like different strengths than you do and together you kind of take on the world together you know so like i think that's like, like a cool thing that this show has. right and like you excel in yeah. this in this field and and you have metal claws and you can live forever <laughs> and you can control the weather like i yeah. can, i completely agree like that is such a good metaphor of like even in your friend group like yeah it has all that yes i, I feel like agree. even in our friend group like we all have different strengths we all have different weaknesses Absolutely. but like we we compensate for each other's weaknesses or whatever and i feel and we like complement each right. other right yeah like, totally 
And that's like something that I think about when I, if I'm not really like looking for a partner, but if I was to like look for a partner, I would want someone that like had different strengths than me, yes. but like could compliment yes. me. And that I felt like yes. I could like, we could take on the world. Yes. I feel like this is why I have never found a partner. But like, like even my last partner is Same. like didn't didn't compliment me enough because I'm amazing. Yeah. So I don't know what you're gonna do and what's happening. <laughs> All right, so let's do our last call on the Umbrella Academy. What are kind of just any last thoughts you have on the show? Anything you want the audience to think about or chew on after the fact? Last call for the Umbrella Academy. Um. I think, I think this show, I mean, I kind of just said it. I think I always am a sucker for a show that like unites very different people to fight yeah. for the common good. Like I just, it's such a like old fashioned concept, but I think that that's like, I think yeah. that it's old fashioned because I think that we as a society look for that. I think we look for that in a partner. I think we look for yeah. that in friends, like people that compliment us to like take on the world. And I think that that's what the Hargreaves siblings did. You know, they've all like had these, complicated tough pasts but they all like come together I mean ultimately I think the show's theme is like family you know even though like number five is annoying like you said but I do think that the one thing that he does is like brings the family together like even if it's like it's almost like he's been so lonely throughout these last decades that he he wants to find something that this family can come together and fight yeah. And that's why he does it. Yeah. And so he's like, there's an apocalypse. Ah, I need to find my family. And then yeah. he like rounds them up and he's like, here we go. Here's like the next battle that we fight. And they all are so dedicated to their family that they all just drop everything and do it because they'll do anything for their siblings. And then, yeah. and that's like a beautiful thing in itself because it's they're not even blood siblings, you know? It's yes. just a, they're adopted. Well, yeah, and absolutely. Like, I mean, and even, so yeah. yes, yes. That's like a, a beautiful thing too, because I think a lot of people think like you know, adopt siblings, whatever. Like they don't have the same bond. That, like right. blood is thicker than water. Yeah, yeah, but like this is a perfect example of like yeah. they do like love each other. Like these yeah. seven siblings, like more than, and or like just as much as any blood siblings would. So I think that's like ultimately the theme of the show is like what they'll do for each other. Yeah, even though they're not blood related. So I agree. I think it's a good a good message. I like this. Sh- I yeah, like about this show. I think, you know, it, I agree with everything you said. I think my last call on this show is I hope we see Allison more confident in her powers. Yeah. I hope we see Klaus more confident in his powers. And not for nothing, I hope we see more Ben. I want If Ben's the leader of the Sparrow Academy, I want that motherfucker to, to fuck yeah. shit up. Like, I want to see Ben's fucking power destroy people. Like, I think or maybe ben he has a like new power. Villain in, I think Ben is going to be the villain in season three. And I'm okay it's with that. And I want to yeah. see where that goes. And so like, that's kind of my last call on this. Is I think the show does a lot of great things. And I'm super excited that season three is not going to be a repeat of season mm. one and two. Right? Season one and two were Apocalypse. Yeah. I'm excited to see where season three goes. I think yeah, season three, I think it's going to be like, not Apocalypse, but like inner family drama turmoil yeah yeah let me fuck your shit up yeah yeah and hopefully some of these other 36 people that we like been wanting to see so kind of like join the group and everything so yeah yeah no i love that and and i'm really excited for that and thank you so much for being on the podcast this has been lovely i've had such an amazing time i'm so excited for this i hope that this recording worked We will imagine if it didn't. Right, four hours. Poor (laughs) you. We've been on here for 
five hours five and a half holy shit we've been on here for five and a half hours so i hope all the the first like half hour didn't work because you're right because my fucking computer is trash yeah but thank you so much i love you and thank you everyone thank you for, for listening me. Yeah. always absolutely i can't wait for our, we have a couple of other episodes i know scheduled. i was gonna say we definitely go. listed some others so yes. i'm excited all right well thank you everyone for listening and we'll talk to you soon thank you so much for listening to this week's episode uh from the rose empire We hope you liked it and you enjoyed the content. Uh, As always, you know, I am listening for your feedback. Would love to hear from you. If you are not following me on social media, you definitely should be. I am um, Rosie in Review on Facebook. I am Weaver underscore Beaver underscore TV on Instagram. And I'm Rose in Review on Twitter because, you know, I picked a name with an accent in it. And that doesn't exactly translate to a Twitter handle handle profile. Also, if you want to get involved in the podcast, if you want to be a guest uh, on the podcast, there is a link in all of my social media profiles um, for you to fill out a form, and we will get to back to you on availability. And if we are able to, if we haven't already recorded, maybe you know said episode about said TV show. Uh, if you'd like to be a sponsor, there's also a sponsor form on my link tree as well. You know. I am willing to give shout outs to all small businesses, um, queer owned businesses, black owned businesses, especially, and, um, you know, anybody that, that sells liquor, you know, I am, I would love to take some of that liquor and drink it on my episode and talk all about you, um, and your liquor store. So that can also happen. Uh, some other things I am, I have a Patreon account and, you know, it's, it's soft launch right now. So it's really just talking about it here on my episodes but if you're interested in you know getting to know you know more content um you know there's different levels so different levels of subscription get different things but if you want to check out my patreon account that is also in my link tree on my social media account so i definitely recommend checking that out because the more patreons i get the more i can make this a full-time job which is really what i want to do and i really want to you know, be bringing you all this content that I think is a lot of fun and I think we can have a lot more fun with it if I make this my full-time job versus my side hustle. So thank you again so much for tuning in. We, uh, you know, I say we, it's me. I'm, I'm, it's really just me doing this right now, but I really appreciate all um, everyone who listens and I will uh, talk to you next week. All right. Have a great one.